Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. BetMGM Tonight continues. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser tonight. Nick and Trista with the week off. They'll be back next week enjoying some vacation after the Super Bowl, after our uh, crazy time in Las Vegas where PJ and I were in bed every night by 8.30 p.m. Nick and Trista, though, they were getting wild out there, man, running into management at 4 a.m. We were just studying, Peach. We were just we were being good boys. We were. Uh, right now, college hoops, uh, St. John's up 23-9 on Georgetown. 17-and-a-half uh, favorites on the live line. Now 23-11. Uh, 149-and-a-half is the total. Florida's up 22-20 on Alabama. That total right now, Peach, 172-and-a-half. Florida 7-and-a-half point dogs. Duke up 16-9 to on the Canes. They're 9-and-a-half point favorites. And then uh, Penn State who was up double digits early now trails by seven. It's 48-41 at the half. Illinois, a 10.5-point favorite. Live total, 171.5, and I'm regretting that decision. So uh, we move on, and let's talk now with Meg McDonald. You can follow her on X, Moneyline Meg, by the book host on Monumental Sports Network. Meg, thanks so much for giving us some time tonight. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm also sweating out this St. John's bet, except I have them first half minus five and a half. So uh, we're feeling okay about how things are going to start out this Wednesday evening. Guys, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, see, I'm a little bit jealous because I actually wish I just got in, got out with the first half. And mm-hmm. I don't want to jinx it. I mean, obviously, we still got like 12 and a half, 13 minutes to go in the first half here. Um, but all right, talk us uh, talk us through it. Why did you end up going with St. John's? Was it the Rick Pitino press conference? You know, obviously a motivated team, or is it just that Georgetown's terrible right now? Well, probably a combination of the two. And I don't want to talk too much smack on the Hoyas because they play inside the building that I am employed by. So any other time, <laughs> except when I'm betting against them, I'm team Georgetown, but not tonight. Yeah, Rick Pitino, what a legend. The comments were absolutely iconic. And obviously we're hearing from players in his past that are totally not surprised and actually thought that those comments, the slow laterally, the physically weak calling out certain players, they thought that was pretty vanilla. So I think it's hysterical. But guys, I was a D1 athlete and I was pulled from the starting lineup one time my senior year and all of a sudden, the next time out, I was good again. So it's funny how the mental game works, the ego, the pride really speaks when it comes to 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds who really care about how people perceive them. And so, yeah, I was on St. John's basically because I thought they had a fire underneath them and they were a little embarrassed. Maybe not the fact that Rick Pitino went in on them and motivated them. I think it was more so of an embarrassment to the national public on Twitter. It was everywhere. So, yeah, feeling good about it. Love it. Yeah, hopefully they can cover that first half and the full game spread. Meg, I want to get your thoughts on UConn. After Saturday's game against Marquette, it's like everybody thought they were going to win the Natty. They were going back-to-back, like who could beat this team? And now, after the Creighton game, they look human again. So where are you on UConn right now? Do you still think they are the team to beat in college hoops? Yes, and I somewhat think they're more dangerous now than five days ago because – I love Shaka Smart. I'm always going to support Shaka Smart as someone who played locally in the state of Virginia, or not played, but coached locally in the state of Virginia. 
But I don't think Marquette is as good as what we are actually saying. And I don't think rankings really matter, but a top five team in Marquette playing UConn, it was never going to be Marquette. So I think the UConn loss to Creighton has actually probably come at the best time of the year. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter Dan Hurley tweeting out like the shame video from uh, Game of Thrones. It's going to be UConn minus a billion come this next Saturday. And I know they're chalk. I know they won a national championship. And I was a little worried after they lost Sonogo and Jordan Hawkins last year. I mean, they were cutting down the nets, but it doesn't really feel like anything changed with Donovan Klingling and Caravan back. So yeah, it's UConn. I know it's chalky, but I think them coming off a loss this time of the year is absolutely perfect. They're not going to be fat and happy anymore after the Marquette win. Get a loss, humble the guys right before March, chef's kiss. I mean, that's great coaching out of Dan Hurley. I actually wanted to ask you about Marquette. I, before the season, did play some Marquette futures. I'm also a big Shaka guy. Lived in Milwaukee for a couple of years and kind of fell in love with the team. Was really happy. I, like It was time for Steve Wojciechowski to go since he never won mm-hmm. an NCAA tournament game there. <laughs> and I love Shaka. Uh, he didn't get it done at Texas, but I mean, the expectations are always really high there. I think he's still a really good coach. I like this team, but... When they step up in class, I get a little bit nervous after what we saw against UConn when they got clubbed by 30-plus points. What do you think about Marquette, though, in a bounce-back spot back home tonight? They're 27-and-a-half-point favorites, but it's against DePaul, who's 3-22 and this season. Yeah, against good teams, I'm not so sure about Marquette. Against bad teams, if not the worst team in what feels like a power conference, this is the best spot for Marquette. I actually laid the points earlier today. I got the number at 25 and a half. Hopefully it doesn't matter, right? Hopefully it's a no sweat that they get this easy win on their home floor. The Big East is so funny, though. Doesn't it feel like any given night there can be upsets, there can be blowouts? I mean, we know... This Marquette team is run through Tyler Kolick. If Tyler Kolick has a big night, then we're good to go. But DePaul, when you think about this team, they're so bad. They are dead last in what feels like every single category inside this conference. The only thing they're like somewhat good at is getting to the line. So if you're willing to take that many points, which is a lot of points, obviously, in conference play because one team gets to the line, then so be it. But I already laid the 25 and a half. If you're not interested in laying 25 and a half, obviously a first half bet, minus 15, you could always fade DePaul even more and take like a team total under 62 and a half. But I already laid the 25 and a half and we are... We're going to get it done. I have a good feeling coming off the loss. Again, similar to UConn, they've been humbled. I don't think they're as good as UConn. Obviously, we just saw them get worked over the weekend. But I think coming up against a really bad team, the worst team in the conference, this is a perfect spot for Shaka Smart in this squad. Now, Meg, I see here that you are an Iowa State alum, and your your team, you got a squad this year in college yeah. hoops. What do you think mm-hmm. is the ceiling for the Cyclones? You think they can win the whole thing? Is it making the Final Four, making the second weekend? Like, you've obviously watched them play a ton this year. What do you think the ceiling for Iowa State is? Yeah, it's so funny because now that everyone seems to be liking the Cyclones, I'm getting really nervous, right? Like, I'm just good being behind the scenes. No one really cares about us. I mean, we have made a little bit of a run. We went, you know, went to the Sweet 16 in the last couple years, and that was a surprise with TJ Otzelberger as the head ball coach. But I'm getting nervous because now Iowa State feels like the trendy pick. 
Iowa State is the team that people go down the odds board and they're like, oh, it's a little bit further than Houston and Purdue and UConn, and now I'm going to be the original better and the original handicapper taking the Cyclones because they play good defense. So I get nervous, and it's so funny, guys. I vowed on my show that one of my betting New Year's resolutions was to not bet Iowa State in terms of having a future on them. So of course in that moment they were 80 to 1. Now they're down to like 22 to 1 because they're excellent. And it's not just the defense because we know Iowa State is going to show up with effort under head coach TJ Otzelberger and defense travels and we love defense when it comes to March Madness and the big dance, but they kind of have an offense this year which is not something I'm accustomed to seeing, and it all starts with Taman Lipsy. The guard play is elite. If he's playing well, then the Iowa State offense is playing well. And it's not just him. That freshman, Momchilovich, like, that dude's huge, and it's he seems fearless, right? That really close game versus Baylor, he had a buzzer three that didn't get off by the min- the most minimal second I could even think of. So I think he's fearless. Sometimes when it comes to true freshmen, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes that can be a positive thing when it comes to the playoffs. So I love Iowa State. Unfortunately, did not bet them because I vowed not to stop basically wasting my money on them every single year, guys. I bet them football futures, basketball futures. And now, of course, the one year I don't bet them, they're actually going to be cutting down the, the nets come April. <laughs> I have the same issue. I love them this year, though. They got four guys that can score in double figures. They're really good defensively. I have the same issue in football. Like, I'm in love with Matt Campbell. Like, the Brock Purdy, Brees Hall era, I I lost so much money on them. Like, I was betting them to win the national championship. I was a little (laughs) tech. I haven't hit a golf outright in, like, 13 months, so I do want to get your thoughts there. But really quick, um, anything for you in LSU, Kentucky tonight? Because I really like this Kentucky team offensively. You never know what you're going to get on the defensive end. They're six-point favorites, six-and-a-half in some spots. Uh, the total's 163-and-a-half. Any look for you here? Yeah, it's so interesting. Both teams coming off massive, massive wins over the weekend, and both on the road. So Kentucky beating Auburn on the road, I did not ex- I did not see that coming because that Auburn home court, what Bruce Pearl has done to Auburn to get those fans rallied around them has been awesome to watch. And obviously they haven't really lost in a hot minute uh, on their home floor. So Kentucky massive win. Of course, they finally learned how to play defense, which that was surprising in and of itself, considering I was on the over that game. So kind of got burned with that. And then LSU coming off that massive win on the road versus South Carolina. Now both teams doing it without some of their guys. We didn't see Trey Mitchell on the floor with Kentucky. We also didn't see LSU's leading scorer or yeah, leading scorer in Jalen Cook for that win over South Carolina. So I'm okay if Trey Mitchell doesn't play because I love LSU getting points on their home floor, but I need Jalen Cook to see the floor. I really do think that it's impactful. Yes, the win over the weekend was great without him, but can they do it in back-to-back games? I'm not so sure. So definitely monitor the status. I do believe he is a game-time decision. I haven't seen an update on whether or not he's going to go or not. If Jalen Cook is ready to go tonight, I love LSU catching six, six and a half points versus Kentucky. I'm still not sold yet on Calipari, who also went to the NBA All-Star game. So maybe, you know, took a couple days off, lost some minutes with his team. I'd love the Tigers to get it done tonight. 
Yeah, it's a good point. It's also a sandwich spot for Kentucky, too. Auburn on Saturday. They got Bama upcoming, so it could be an interesting spot. Meg, before we do get to golf, I want to get your thoughts on Purdue. I have a saying. I perdon't with Purdue, like, what? ever. I will never trust them in the tournament. I'm good with Matt Painter. I'm not going to mm-hmm. bet them. It feels like everybody kind of knows what they're going to do with Purdue, right? Like, you you kind of just already know. We know this team's good, but can you trust them in March? So mm-hmm. are you going to have any money invested in them? when we get to tournament time? I haven't quite decided yet. I don't have any investments on Purdue right now. And full disclosure, if Purdue was going to finally get over the hump and Matt Painter could win a championship, I really thought it would have been two years ago. And not just because Zach Eady was playing for them at that point. I loved Jaden Ivey. I was such a fan of his game. And I just thought he respected the game so much. He never took a night off. He was always playing hard. Pair that with big man Edie. I thought they were unstoppable until they weren't, of course. So I think Purdue is still a wagon. I haven't decided yet, only in the sense because Matt Painter knows he can't have Edie forever. So if this is going to be Zach Edie's final year, they have to do it this year, right? So I, I haven't decided. I go back and forth on whether or not I like Purdue in the tournament, but if they're going to lose to a team like Fairleigh Dickinson in the first round like they did last year, no thank you. So haven't decided. I know that's not the answer you guys want on a betting show, but I'm still I'm still torn about the Boilermakers. Yeah, there's not really a future that I like in college basketball, to be honest. I'm just going to like see what we get when we get to the tournament and uh, see what we get when we get to the conference tournaments. All yeah. right, we got about two minutes for the Mexico Open, which with all due respect to the Mexico Open, that's probably all we need here. Tony Finau... <laughs> Eight to one is the favorite. Anything for you this weekend? Are you taking it easy or uh, anything on your card for the weekend? Yeah, I got two top 40s and two outrights. So somewhat of a lighter weekend because who the heck is even playing in this tournament, right? Tony Finau versus the field. So basically this tournament favors the long ball, the big hitters, but it's not just off the tee driving. I don't think the accuracy totally matters, but I also love those long irons, those five irons mix in a hybrid of five wood as well. 200 yards out for approach play is basically the wheelhouse. So it's not just driving the ball well, it's also really long approach play. So I have two top 40s, one on Joseph Bramlett at plus money. His average driving distance is over 300 yards, ranked 18th on tour. That's all I have to say. Finished T10th in this tournament last year. And then Parker Cootie, who is 100 to 1 outright, but top 40, he's plus 138th in driving distance, 18th in approach over 200 yards. He went to Texas. I covered Oklahoma for five years back in my day and watched his game up in person, and this dude can hit it. So I like him to be able to finish in the top 40. And then my two outrights, Eric Van Royen at 33-1, to and then also Mav McNeely at 50-1. to Obviously, shop around, get the best of the number before we get this thing going in the morning. But we saw EVR win in Mexico in November in a course that was somewhat similar to this. And I think he's one of the best overall mid to long iron players coming off a miscut at the Phoenix Open. But before that three out of his last four events, he had a top 25 finish. And then Mav McNeely, longer shots, had a shoulder injury last year. So kind of took a dip in his game, but he's coming on strong right now. The Waste Management Phoenix Open, he had a, a sixth place finish. And I think he's has a better distance off the tee than what we give him credit for. So couple plays, nothing too crazy, but what do we do without football? So yeah, I like a, I like a nice sweat come Sundays from here on out to, uh, in the PGA. 
I've been really cold in golf for about like 14 to 15 months, and I'm on uh, Mad McNeely Top 20. So I hope I don't mush that for you. Oh, Meg, great. thanks so much. we got to have you on again soon. Thanks for giving us some time tonight. Yeah, good luck, thanks, guys. Meg. Thanks for having me. Meg McDonald, by the book host. Check her out on Monumental Sports Network. Peach, we're going to take a quick break. I'm thinking about doing something crazy, making a bet that's minus 330. I'll tell you about that. Bet MGM the night continues. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser. Bet you on that work next.